0: Magnum Opus. Why would anyone want to live forever? I just want to live for real. For a little while, right here. People always go looking for unicorns, but we've got rhinos. <laughs> R- rhinos? A rhinoceros is a fascinating animal. All this beautiful stuff right here in front of us. Screw unicorns, man. (laughs) What's the use of living forever if you're all alone on a Sunday?
1: Welcome to Pod 49, a Lodge 49 discussion show where we go deep, analyze, reminisce, and otherwise celebrate uh, the the long lost but never forgotten Lodge 49. We're doing our season one rewatch, and of course, we've had a special guest fourth or fifth chair on each of these episodes, and today is no different. Bart, why don't you go ahead and introduce who our guest is today? Sam Puepua who played
2: Herman, who was Bert's henchman on the show. Uh, Very special character, spinning signs, threatening to pound faces in. Um, An all-around great guy. Joined us at the uh, Comic-Con in Long Beach, where we first met. Very happy to have him on, uh, finally on the podcast. Sam, how you doing?
0: I'm good, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. Uh, Pod 49. Excited to be here
1: we are excited to have you yes yeah i mean bart mentioned it but we are eternally grateful for joining us in that day in long beach which uh, we've said before that that seemed like one of the last fun days of the the world (laughs) it was like last (laughs) january you know (laughs) um great memories all around but we're here to talk about later when we
2: were drinking at the bar i said hey have you guys heard of this covid thing (laughs) (laughs)
1: i <laughs> <laughs> think, think this might tighter, be a thing so sam before we jump into episode four you know just tell us a little bit about yourself what what have you been doing How have you stayed busy in quarantine you know just kind of give us a sam update
0: well 2020 sucked <laughs> but um uh i mean i just my uh just went back to my roots uh this is the same old um Training and and just keeping the the, the acting muscles uh, going and strong and uh, um, eventually you know as we got closer to the end of the year uh, I booked a a movie um, uh, which made me come back out to Atlanta Georgia which I miss Atlanta Georgia uh, so it's almost like my second home now I might as well, I, uh, I was telling my my bro here I might as well just get a house out here eventually you know because uh, I just seem to be coming back every now and then um but uh while i'm out here i ended up booking another uh tv show as well so things are starting to look up man you know uh i'm excited to uh hopefully share soon what this movie is about um i mean i can share that it's a christmas movie oh nice uh, it's a christmas movie and uh it's called one day but other than that i can't share anymore and then the tv show um it's a wrestling tv show for stars uh so yeah I, I've been doing a lot of training for that. Uh, every day, uh, we go do our little COVID testing. We have, to, we have to test every day, which is, which is fine by me. But it's just a lot of, a lot of driving, a lot of driving, and we go test and we go train and same thing over and over. But it's exciting for me because I, I, I do that I do that already, but for free. So now I'm getting <laughs> you know, now I'm getting paid to do it. And I'm like yes, pay me to train.
2: So, are have you going got- to be
1: playing a wrestler?
0: Yes, I will be playing a wrestler. But. Excellent.
1: And yeah, then, have you also- gotten you into the ring? Have you trained um, in the yeah. ring?
0: Uh, I've, I have touched the ring for a bit. I, have, I don't have a wrestling scene yet, but they're training me for when it comes. You know.
1: You got. What's one? Have you? What's either one move you've already learned, or the move you're looking forward to learning in the ring?
0: Well. They just taught me the basics, like the reactions and like feeding the crowd. But what I've been watching and learning from the guys, um, Spine Buster. (laughs) Spine Buster is like probably the easiest one to learn. Is Because it's it's mostly the person you're slamming. They had to do all the reaction and all that, you know. uh, uh, He's the one that has to sell it. You know, I just had to play a little bit part of selling it. But it's mostly on him. So it's fun, man. It's, it's really fun. It's exciting to create and uh, be a part of something again, you know. Um, if I think about it, this would probably be the time season three would have shot for Lodge. But oh, I just stabbed myself in the heart.
2: Always so hard for all of us to stomach when we come to that uh, yeah. realization.
1: Well, totally. we all have your wrestling show to look forward to. Let's just keep ourselves warm at night with that. <laughs> <laughs> and I would
2: I would imagine the wrestling acting is kind of a little bit like sort of meta because you're like acting as a character who is there for, is then acting as a, you know, the wrestler.
0: How do you find that? Um, It's interesting because you, you, uh, you have to play a character within a character, you know? Right. Uh, um, and I I feel I find it fun um, uh, having to go to a place where, you know, I mean, you normally have to go to a place when you when you play a character, but it's like going to like opening one door and opening another and then having to jump back to the other door again. You know, um, uh, but uh, the cast that I'm working with, you know, they, they, they all make it so easy, even the, the crew, the director and producers, they all make it so easy to do. Uh, and and it's fun especially when you start putting on these uniforms like they had me (laughs) they had me in these crazy uh wardrobes you uh, these wardrobes you never find me like the 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 day-to-day wardrobe that this character wears you'll never find me wearing any of these um which i hear is is something people wear nowadays and i just look at them like are you sure people wear this stuff right now (laughs) but yeah man
3: um it's fun, yeah, exciting. So Sam, one thing that was cool when we were out there in Long Beach is that you are from there, so you were able to tell us things about the town that not only we wouldn't have known, but other people who were on Lodge 49 also didn't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us about like how you came to be on the show that was set in Long Beach? Um, it's so funny, uh, I had got the audition
0: um, as I was, as I was on my way to Utah, uh, to visit some family members. Oh, it was my brother's wedding. That's right. It was my brother's wedding. I got the audition and I looked in, uh, uh, when I read it, it was from Long Beach. I had to, uh, uh, I had to go in. Um, and I went in the day I was driving, not driving up to, to, to Utah. So I get there and, uh, the first round was only the casting director. It was uh, uh, Deborah, De- Deborah Zane. Uh, and then uh, for I left to Utah. Didn't hear anything back for uh, a week or so. Then as I'm coming back, I get the call. So like, hey, uh, they want you to call back, but this time it's going to be a uh, producer and a director and all of them are going to be in there. Uh, I was like, yo, hell yeah. I got to go, I gotta go on, uh, and get ready for this. So when I read the initial script, the character was supposed to be bald. Mm. The character's supposed to be bald and he's supposed to be, he looked, he's supposed to be this intimidating guy and um, he's supposed to have like a tank top to show off his muscles or whatever, which I did bring, I brought a black tank top, but uh, I, I was not gonna go bald. Um, but I felt good about it. I was like, I'm pretty sure if they see me, you know, they're like, okay, he doesn't need to go bald, which, Worked out because when I got in there, uh, when I get there, the first one I see is Deborah, who is uh, the casting director. And she looks at me, she's like, Don't worry about doing your push-ups because I, <laughs> I was doing push-ups, I was like, Try to get you know, get some definition going, <laughs> look, look small. Uh, she's so like, Don't worry about it. are good. From what I heard, you're they're gonna love you." I was like, No way. And that her telling me that made me even more nervous. I was like, Damn, why you put that pressure on me? And I go in there. And it's Jim, uh, it was uh, uh, Jeff, I'm forgetting everybody's name, not, um, but for sure Jeff was in there. And um, for some reason, I put in my head that Paul Giamatti was in there, but I hardly thought he was in there. Uh, but there were five people sitting in the chairs. And, um, you know, I, I, I go through the read and they made me do it multiple times, uh, different ways. And each time they, they laughed at it which to me, I thought was a good, you know, I thought it was a good sign. And then when they asked me, they asked me two questions before I left. They're like, so where are you living at? Say, I say, I live in Long Beach, I, I'm, you know, raised in Long Beach. And, uh, and uh, they all had a big smile. And the second thing they asked me was like, do you know how to ride a scooter? <laughs> <laughs> and I, in my head, you know, I was always telling like, yeah, tell them, tell them, you know how to do it no matter what, which I do have experience, but I haven't wrote it since I was like in the middle school or, or, or beginning years of high school. And I haven't wrote it in a while. So I just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I know. But yeah, like, yesterday. But yeah, I, 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 uh, as far as like how I came to, to, to go for the character, like what I saw is, is, I felt, I felt like I had to play this character, you know, when I read it on my way, um, it just felt right you know felt like the piece of the puzzle was missing like i i just felt like i i, I that was my role and ended up getting it you know after that uh, call
1: in this episode you got a great line about the scooter too
3: you've been following me
0: what i'm all paid up what do you want from me that's you in the black suv i drive a scooter spread <laughs> 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 yeah yeah um that was a fun. That was a fun scene to do because uh, uh, the guy I played opposite of, uh, you guys know him, Brent Jennings, and uh, Wyatt Russell. Uh, but Brent Jennings, uh, when I first met him, I don't know if I talked about this, but out of all the all the people I work with, Brent Jennings, I was starstruck because mm-hmm. I grew up as a kid watching a movie called Life, and he played a character called and Bob, and I can tell you right now. I knew every freaking line that this dude uh, said in that movie. So when I saw him, I saw him, I was like, no, there's no way this dude is playing opposite of me. So, you know, when we first got our chance to like talk and then go over the scene, it was just in a way a dream come true. You know, it's like I'm watching this dude as a kid and now I'm working with him. So it was great, man. And And that line, it's so simple, but... It was a great line. It was like one of those great <laughs> one-liners, you know? Um, and Jim knew, Jim knew exactly what he was writing in there. It was, it was, it was magic. And the transition from, from there to in the pawn shop and then Ernie finally, you know, figuring out that uh, Bert is two of the same people, you
1: know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, this I is a good... how... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, how
2: in earlier episode when Ernie asked you if you played ball... I thought that was also a, a very uh, good
3: poly like, or something like
2: Jim Gavin line. That's like kind of minimal, but very sort of larger. Like I, I do, I would imagine that kind of thing happens very often. Mm. So, have you found that, do you get asked that question in real life or had
0: you before then? So, yeah, I mean, I always get asked if I play ball, what's, what, what school did I go to? What city were you in? And every time I mention Long Beach, everyone always go, oh, did you play for poly? I said mm-hmm. no man I paid for Jordan Long Beach <laughs> Jordan which is like the 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 yang to like the ying of, of who Poly is. A poly is always like the representation of what Long Beach high school should be. But I was I mean I was proud of going I was proud of going to go Jordan even though we hardly won any football games man. <laughs> oh. We had the talent. We had the talent just you know um it was just miscommunication from coach to the talent you know we had kids who who i felt had the had the the talent to go go to the nfl you know i myself uh i knew i didn't want to go to the nfl i wanted to do something else but yes that line when that line came up um in my head the the the, the inner dialogue that i was saying when he when he said that line i was like Forget Polly. I went to Jordan. Forget (laughs) Jordan I'm asking these questions. Fun fact, and a lot of people don't know, uh, in Polly, there's two big celebrities. I think there's three, but I only know two. Snoop Dogg and Cameron Diaz went to Long Beach Polly. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to break that for Jordan. I'm trying to, like, put a little stamp on there for Jordan, you know? There you go.
1: Are you already at the top of the celebrity list for Jordan or has there been a few others? I don't others?
0: know. Pretty sure people don't. <laughs> They're like, who the heck is that? I mean, other than the teachers, I don't know if the teachers are there that that, uh, that taught me when I was there, but uh, hopefully one day, hopefully one day, you know, the school can be like, oh, man, this guy went here.
3: Did you already know you wanted to be an actor at that age or was it, did that come later?
0: Yes. I, uh, I, I, I took, uh, at first, uh, I knew I just want to be I just want to be in entertainment. I just want, cause I always like to entertain my mom who is like my inspiration for a lot of things. Um, she took me to, to see opera plays. She put me in choir, you know, and then she had me do like these plays. So, which I had fun doing, but I didn't, you know, I had nobody in my family who I knew do things like being movies and TV shows, you know, but my senior year, Second semester, I um, I took a drama class, and just taking that class, even though it's you know for a second semester, just refreshing like just made me or solidify my dreams of wanting to become an actor. And after that, right out of the high school, I just zoomed right over to Hollywood and like took classes, you know, did everything I could to this just, just be a part, just do acting. So all I wanted to do was acting. And later down the road, you've found out that I can do more than just acting. Acting will always be my first love, but I'm starting to dab a little bit more into um, behind a camera now. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. I, well, I directed my first thing on uh, uh, after the first season. I directed a, an action uh, thriller piece called Mamba, who the, the film's still being shot right now, but I'm, I have, uh, as far as the feature goes, uh, I'm not taking the director's helm. I'm just going to be one of the the supporting lead actors in the, in the film, but I, I'm going to be working on something very soon with a, a close friend of mine. And I think that's, that's going to be exciting to do. What do you um, like about
1: being on that side of the side of the camera?
0: Oh man. Um, every, every, every part of it, like creating characters, having to, you know, come up with a story, a story that I feel can relate to a lot of things that I've been through in my life. You know, uh, and having to tell stories that involve characters that look like me, um, you know, that have the same upbringing and just, you know, show the world a little piece of that, that world that I came from, you know? But aside from like the creative part, having to work with people who are really good at what they do. If you ever watch a good DP, they don't have to say much. They don't even have to do much. If, but if, uh, if the director wants a certain shot and he's like, hey, can I want, I want, I want this shot to be uh, very personal or, you know, very close up, they know what angle to get. They know how to drag out this emotion, you know, uh, or, or what, um, what lens to even like make it more dynamic. Uh, and even with the lighting, the lighting crew, like this is fun for me to, to work with like the whole department because you get to learn things. You know, It'll, uh, even with sound, sound is such a big thing for production. A friend of mine, Cooper Andrews, uh, he always says uh, half of the movie is sound. Without sound, the movie will go back to uh, what's the mind thing? You know talking about? Those mind those movies. It's basically that, you know, without sound. So, um, yeah, just being part of a creative team, being part of a good team and creating stuff, that's, that's what I'm all about. You know, I'm always going to do acting, man, but I'm starting to dab a little bit more on that side
1: now. Triple threat, triple threat, Sam, right? Direct and act. All right. Well, let's, let's dive into our analysis of episode four and any of these, like behind the scenes stuff. If you got them, Sam, you know, as we go into the making of this, we'd love to hear what actually was the secret sauce uh, in how this was made. But Jim, give us the particulars on episode four. The
3: title is Sunday. It was written by Bradley Paul and directed by Jake Schreier. And uh, we get, you know, the title of the episode at the very end when Ernie and Dud are sitting together outside of Larry's trailer that they've just discovered. And Ernie says, what's the use of living forever if you're all alone on a Sunday? So yeah, I mean, so from here we would go into like, yeah, what are the big themes or big, large plot moments we that stood out to us or that we that hit us on the rewatch?
0: Um, well, for me, when I rewatched it, it seemed like everything was a letdown. You know, mm-hmm. for everyone, it's a letdown for uh for for Brent. You know, he confessed that uh, um, obviously Connie knew. But Brent confessed that, you know, he only has a few days, a few Saturdays left and he wants to spend it with Connie. Connie tells him, you know, we got to we got to take this break. You know, it's too much for her to handle. Even for Connie, that's a letdown. because I'm sure, like, you know, that's that's something that she wants too. you know, because even though that whole relationship is, is complicated, but everything was a letdown. Uh, what was it? What else happened in there? Oh, Pancakes. You know, mm. and the whole, like that whole, that, that, that having the kids uh, uh, at the lodge. Uh, Scott uh, uh, wanted to have like this nice outing. You know, having you know talking to the kids, having pancakes, having a good time. And this, this, uh, this mummy. What do you call it? Requiem. Uh, Requiem. I think the only the only one that didn't have that letdown. Well, actually, no. Even even Blaze had a letdown because people uh, uh, people keep calling it a mummy. Did I ever think that we would? Find a reliquum corpus in our lodge. Uh, well, uh,
2: the answer to that, Melissa, is no. Well,
3: do you mean the mummy? I mean the
2: reliquum corpus. That's why I said I'm sorry. It's just that I'm getting pretty, pretty tired of people
0: saying
3: it's a mummy.
0: <laughs> and to him, it's like, no, you got to follow the way of the lodge. This is how they said it, you know. And uh, but more, more so for, more so for, um, for Brent and, uh, and uh, even even Dud. You know, so I felt like felt like that whole that whole episode was all let down. But the scene that I was in uh, when he goes into the pawn shot and figures out Bert is um is is the pawn is the pawn guy and also his bookie. That there was many takes where in the end after Bert goes, if you mention anything about my list, Herman. Or we'll smash your face or whatever, you know. There was moments where I wish I was looking so I was looking forward to, to having him keep that, but it did, I guess it didn't work. Um, but it worked at the time because after he said that, he gave me this look, and he he actually said, "Herm, man, Herm, <laughs> you wouldn't do that, right? You <laughs> like as Brent is taking him away, he's like, Herm, come on, man, you wouldn't do that." <laughs> Each time I'm, you know, each time they're doing their cover, uh, his cover of that, I almost bust out laughing. I almost bust out laughing, but not only that, I felt so bad for Dud, you know, because like he thought he was gonna, there's, there's a letdown for Dud right there. He thought he was gonna win finally over Bert, but it doesn't happen, you know.
3: Yeah.
0: And uh, I was, what was it? I don't think I was originally supposed to eat the burrito. And I ended up just like, just eating. I mean, uh, normally me as a person, Sam, love to eat, right? (laughs) But uh, uh, I feel like uh, uh, me and Herman had that same same connection. So when they gave me the burrito at first, I think they just wanted me like to, to open it slowly. But I just started eating away. I'm like, I'm not gonna sit there and like just unwrap it. You know, I'm just gonna eat the whole burrito. And I think I ate maybe seven, eight burritos.
1: Totally. <laughs> During the whole scene, just filming of the whole. Yeah, scene? I eat the whole thing.
0: I just, I, I, just took enough bites, and then they went and got me a new one. So each time they had to give me a new one.
2: I thought they had and union rules about that over stuffing their actors.
3: No. <laughs> it was the same uh, flavor of burrito every time? It, it's, just, it's the same. It was the same.
0: It was it was only a bean burrito, which is like not my favorite to eat. But <laughs> hey, man.
2: Well, was it if it was filmed in Georgia? That does sound painful. If it was filmed in Long Beach, <laughs> probably all right. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no, that's, it's exactly that. Um, <laughs> not the clown on Georgia, but they don't really have any, any good. Uh, Hispanic. not their
2: background. fault. It's not their fault, exactly. They can't, no one can match that.
1: From, I blame, yeah, the, southern I blame their
0: Taco Bells and all that.
1: Yes. But Celia, who I think was on the th- episode three podcast of so the, la- the one right before yours as they come <laughs> out, she, she said that you all, the two of you led like the food outing. So you must've had a couple favorite spots in Atlanta. What, is, what does Atlanta do well? Give them some love.
0: So one, there's this place called the Punch City Market. Um, that place has, all, I, I think it has a mixed culture of foods in there. Uh, my favorite place there was the ramen spot. There was a ramen spot there. Me and Celia went at least two to three times out the at uh, a uh, uh, whole stay. Um we only went two or three times. We would have want more, uh, went more but we we like trying different things, you know. And at first at first it was just me, Celia and um and Long who played Paul, her her dad. Um and we just we, we'll go out uh, to these places. Majority of the time we will go eat sushi. Uh but from different spots to try to see if they're good or not. And then we eventually started making our way to this. I don't think. I think it was Tuesday, or Thursday, and they had like a special um, king crab, all you can eat legs, uh, uh, king crab legs. And Celia made it a thing, to where we every time we come back, that's the first thing we. Eat. And I said I did not say no to any of this. I agreed fully, and um, and we went eat, We went eight. Uh, eventually, we start dragging other other. Um, People from other shows into our, into our uh, foodie ventures. Um, Start making friends with other people. And we just had, we didn't only have actors or people from our, from, uh, from our show. We had like stunt crew members, even crew members joining us. Uh, when we came to Long Beach, uh, we did the same thing. But Sonia, Linda, and the scripty, the scripty's name. Uh, joined us and we all went and ate at a place called The Attic in Long Beach and uh, it was fun it was fun uh, getting to see them try like the the mac and Cheetos <laughs> have you guys ever tried the mac and Cheetos it was mac and cheese
1: with uh, sounds
0: it was, great it was, it, was, it was fun watching their faces and they're like what is this <laughs> Cheetos and mac and cheese it's like <laughs> yeah this is the foodie life <laughs>
1: All right, so we'll close the foodie portion off and say that Celia also told us that when you visited, you're in town in New York, she took you to some spots. So what what was your highlights of her New York City food tour with you?
0: I'll, I'll, I'm gonna put this claim out there. New York has the best pizza.
1: I have, I not, been
0: to Bos- I have not been to Boston. I have not been to Chicago, which no everyone's telling me, but I'm like, New York has the best pizza. Um, she has, yeah, she's taking me to... Uh, Obviously, her favorite pizza spot. Um, I told her I wanted to try every single pizza out there, uh, and then she took me to like a, a Chinese spot, which was really good. I think that was our last. That was our last meal before I came back to uh, to California, because I initially went out there for uh, for a film festival, which I entered the film I director. and uh, we won. Actually, I won. I won best director, oh. action, and and uh, and uh, the lead actress uh, that I had in the, in the, in the film. Uh, she won best, best actress. Yeah. So
1: can, uh, can people Congrats. stream that anywhere? Or where can you watch that? No, because it, it's being
0: pitched. I, um, so initially the, uh, the lead actress, she's also producer and writer of the, uh, of the short. Um, she and, and, uh, her team of producers are working to make it a show right now. So, um, unfortunately it's not online for anybody to see that's why i went to new york and uh she like just took me around i felt like a a, a a tourist i was well yeah i was a tourist um but she took me around showed me new york and and it was great yeah
1: awesome well bart is a tour in new york and we've invited celia once which might be soon uh but maybe so maybe next time you're in new york we'll do we'll do a big uh uh, Definitely. food tasting at Sidecar. Come on
2: by.
0: Say no
1: There's more. There's
2: actually,
0: I train a lot, so I eat a lot. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, let's do it. We have good food for people who train a lot. It's very
3: uh,
2: <laughs> fattening. <laughs> <Hardy>. <laughs> High carbs. I, we used to have a guy who was a, a cycle trainer and he would come and eat uh, a, a full fried chicken and a burger when he was done, when he got off work. And he was like a perfectly built man great shape never affected it was amazing to watch how much he could eat so yeah we got it and I do have there's a place right up the street now um, little tiny uh, place that does like excellent like mole burritos so I'm not saying I know that uh, our pizza is the west coast burritos but this guy's mole is for real so we can always do that on the the lunches
0: if there is a Korean barbecue spot out there, pretty sure Celia will, will be excited to take you guys. If you if we're all going, you know, take you guys to the Korean barbecue when it's safe. You know, oh, this this is one question I keep I'll get every now and then, and uh, it it it, uh, it uh, contains lodge and Sonia eating uh, loads of uh, dumpling. Uh, a few fans have asked me, you think you can out eat Sonia? <laughs> like me Sam I will eat Sonia I mean I have pride I have pride with me I know I can eat a lot so but the the Herman in me is like man don't say it don't say you can beat Sonia <laughs> so um, I think maybe I Herman
2: can't beat Liz but I think
3: uh, Sam can beat Sonia
0: yes well I'll say I'll give her a good run there you go yes
3: did you ever get in on uh, the free donuts from Donuts? Man, did I ever!
0: Me, <laughs> me and Celia, whenever we got a chance, we would eat the donuts. And uh, um, at first, at first, the, the uh, 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 so when you see the display, you know obviously a lot of uh, a lot of it can't all of it can't be donuts because they'll go bad. But the first few rows were donuts, and every now and then the set designer will come back or uh, I don't know if the set designer or prop, but they'll come back like, are we missing a donut? <laughs> <laughs> like, sneak one out.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's,
0: that's we insane.
2: used to have a dishwasher that would uh, you know, we, when we made the gumbo we, we, we used to do it this way but we would cook the shrimp ahead of time and then it was, every dish got three of them when we were prepping it out. And All then right. it when we got to the last one, it would always be missing like one or two. We always knew it was a dishwasher. It was just grabbing one. Couldn't, couldn't stop himself, but I, I don't blame him somewhat, you know. Yeah. But uh, now we cook the shrimp to order because we realized, but that was a long time ago. But at the same time, it just reminds me of that. It's always like missing one or two. So yeah, yeah. we knew who it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, good on that dish.
1: Yeah, got to get yours. Sam, when you were when you were rewatching uh, mm-hmm. episode four, I for, for, by the way, I think your you know disappointment letdown is an amazing, amazing theme for the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything that you know when you rewatch it, you know, because you remember making it and then you didn't, you know, was there anything that made you like laugh out loud or anything that you just noticed for the first time in this recent rewatch on episode four?
0: Yeah, uh, I so when uh, uh, when they're doing the little driving uh, driving scenes with the uh, Dud and and uh, and Ernie. I didn't notice at the time, but when I rewatched it, when they stopped at this stop sign, and they and they see Ernie's old friend, that that street is literally down the street from where I live now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was watching like, no, that can't be, and I, I ended up walking until I found the spot. Uh, I forgot what street it was, but it's it's uh, it's literally in downtown Beach it can't be anywhere else than downtown Long Beach. It, no, it's just, it was just fun uh, re-watching the scenes and noticing which were the actual part of uh, Long Beach and which were Atlanta, Georgia. Sometimes it was shot so good that I myself yeah. believed that part was Long Beach. Until I looked again, I'm like, no, that's not in Long Beach. What the hell? What else did I notice? Um, oh, when I rewatched it and the, the little kids are, are playing with the uh, uh, Requiem Opus, I didn't know that the jaw came off. Yeah. <laughs> I know that this time too, the kid is like yeah.
2: grabbing it and putting it back
0: and forth. Yeah. Gross. I didn't know. I'm like, wait, hey, that happened? How did I notice that before? And it's so, it's so crazy. like, how do kids not be afraid of a corpse, you know? Some of them are. I don't know know a kid uh, uh, that I know would would just sit on top of of a a dead body and start playing with his jaw.
2: I mean, I think it's the kid who's... uh, Scott is explaining how he's stopping terrorism at the border, who runs off screaming, (laughs) who's the one who's, like, not into the whole thing. He's, like, a natural, like, a cab kid or something. And then, like... uh, you know, I think he's he's like, has anyone seen my kid? And then he's like, yeah! Run, yeah. goes running through <laughs> screaming through the thing. And I think he, you know, he's a sensitive kid. He he didn't like the he doesn't like the photographing, he doesn't like the interrogation by Scott, and then he doesn't like the dead body, you know. That kid, yeah.
0: I give that job for that scene, because um, just him running through one door all the way past everybody and running to the other door. I just found I just found that scene, or at least his what he did, uh, brilliant. You know, it just it was fun to watch, and I found myself laughing. You know, when he's doing so little scream thing. Um, I think another part uh, I, I I found funny, or Blaze to me is funny as hell. Blaze, yeah. I mean, yeah. at the time, I think Blaze was the only real alchemist dud was on his way to becoming one but uh at the time he was the only real alchemist and i think that's why you can see he's the only one that appreciates everything that's happening and within that episode so uh i think there's a moment where scott is they're all in that room with the with the rectum opus scott says something and and blaze looks at him and gives him this like you know gives him that look i don't know if you guys go watch it again he gives him this look like disbelief like are you in the lack of a better term, are you dumb? Like, what? You know, what are you talking about? And then he gives that that same look when he's uh, getting interviewed, you know? And he does like this, he does this like, uh, this scream. It's not a mummy. Yeah,
1: it's not <laughs> a mummy.
0: <laughs> and then they, they cut <laughs> it in the... They
2: crazy. cut it and they yeah. make
0: him look like a loony. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. David Pasquese has such a, he goes from like, Zero to nutty with his facial expression so fast, you know, because yeah. he's like sometimes he's like a real like mellow guy, kind of blends in, and then when he pops weird, it like it's like just explodes. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing
2: at being uh comedic and serious. Like he goes back, he can go back and forth very uh easily, and mm-hmm. uh it's it's very impressive
0: and uh yeah, he's great. He's an improv master, you know. Yeah. Dude is so good. He can he can ad lib really great, and he like he has these great moments where he just pull. I don't think I don't think anybody, my opinion, I don't think anybody could have played that character the way he did it. You know,
2: and, that's true, and I feel that about about basically every character on the show,
0: including you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I I I, I believe that as well. I, I, everyone was was picked perfectly for their character. And I think they all play really well, and like con- they all complement each other, you know. So, um, great job to uh, Jim and everyone for you know gathering these group of group of misfits.
1: The um, one thing I noticed about this episode now, Lodge Forty Nine, I find is funny all the time. But this one, did anyone else find themselves like yes, l- kind of laughing out loud? Engineers more than usual, like on like yeah. one liners and zingers and even like visual gags. I was like, this one's like a little zany or a little bit more like just funny.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of great throwaway lines that were uh, like only because I was going back and watching it and jotting down notes that I even pick, pick up a lot of them. I think mm-hmm. I probably noticed them the first time around, but this time around I, you know, because I paused it, I, I noticed them all and I, yeah. I thought there was a lot of great lines that I I wrote down that we could talk about. Throw one out. Throw one out. out. Well, for starters, I love the way that Dud says... um,
1: (laughs) I got some of it in my mouth or him.
3: I got Wallace in my my mouth. Whoa. (laughs) I like...
0: uh, Like break a very personal moment, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cuz it's like they're that's what that was the breakup basically or the yeah. pause scene, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it like ha- he like falls on him and then he goes
2: away to puke and then he interrupts them and he's just like, ah. you know, it's like it's really comically great. It's yeah. a really great moment. I love when the uh the occupant that's living at Larry's last place says <laughs> his Playboy is a national team yeah. being misdelivered <laughs> here for a while. He just throws yes. that out there. So he does the forwarding address.
1: <laughs> that joke is so good. And it does so much character work, right? In like four it's, words. Yeah. It's like laugh yeah. out loud, funny. And you know, like, you, you know, Larry, like at a more intimate level after the, that one line.
3: Uh, my favorite <laughs> laugh out loud moment was, and this is, you know, it kind of encapsulates the whole like the dynamic of the show or the, the conflict of the show. Dud is saying, you know, Scott's like, you gotta go get, you gotta go get pancake mix, and Dud's like to Ernie, like, we should go get Larry. You know, he can tell us about Walt Smith. He can tell us about the True Lodge. And Ernie goes, but the pancake mix. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, yeah, we should, we should go find Larry.
0: There you have it. At, you know, that moment I think it's great because at the time he didn't know how important, you know. I think I think his life was getting in the way of what, what was really important, you know, as far as like the lodge goes. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's what makes that scene great. Dude, there was a lot of moments there. There's a lot of moments in that episode that were uh, that were just, you know, this whole this whole show it's is uh it's binge over and over again, you know. Uh uh type show and every now and then i find myself having to like i'll take a break only so i can come back and watch it again and like see it with fresh new eyes you know because there's a there was a time i'm not gonna lie there was a time i was watching at first i watched i watched my the episodes i was in i was in you know when when we're when it finally released on, on hulu just so i can show my so i can show my of course my- Hey! Look! 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 I was, I was in this part. Look! I was in this part. But I got them all hooked to the fact they went back and like just watched each season every time, and every now and then I'll get like a, a a tag or a video on on the social media. It's like, hey, there's my cousin, or there's my brother, or there's you know my my homie Sam And the show. You got to go watch it. Lodge is so great. I never thought I'd watch you know a show like this. Uh, the usual, they make the mundane fun. You know, I was like yeah, that they do, that we do. So,
2: so yeah, this was a good example of like the mundane, the, the way that, like the, I, I realized how much watching it again, how much they're just in the car and they're driving, and then they find out at the end that like uh, Larry's only like three blocks away. Like they went on this wild goose chase, and they were just in the car getting there and talking about something. And the, the seal goes by, and they stop, and they have this conversation. Then they run out of gas. There's so much to do in the episode about like just. Ernie and Dud being in the car and kind of like doing nothing really, mm-hmm. and it's still so great.
3: And yeah, another um, another part that made me laugh, uh, Sam. You brought up this scene earlier when they run into Ernie's friend in the uh, who's in the other <laughs> car. Yeah, and he says, "Who's your chauffeur?" "No, oh, I'm I'm Dud. How's it going?" "Yeah, i I'm, I'm part of
1: Ernie's lodge. Still doing that Dungeons and Dragons shit." Yeah. Uh, no, uh, there's, there's not a gaming component. To, is there?
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That was that was really funny. Oh man, great, great job on, on both uh, uh, Wyatt and uh, and Brent. It's pretty. Funny, it's funny too. how word you know how word travels. You know, because he goes, "I heard Connie is back." Yeah. <laughs> and I heard she still looks hot as hell. You're know, yeah. you gonna, you gonna call that and just from what was it before that? Yeah, it was before that. He just went through the breakup, so it's like hitting, hitting Ernie in the face again with like with this breakup. Like, hey, Connie's here, boom! Thanks for that, reminding me. That reminds and
2: me, and it's also them. like, yeah, sorry, He like, he might like, oh, I might ask her out, like, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> you know, yeah, it came up, it's yeah, like, exactly.
3: Ernie can't win.
1: There was a great comedic moment that you know you got to give as much credit to the director and the editors probably the editor as much as as anyone where ernie's like i don't want to talk about it anymore and then they cut right to like him pontificating about his relationship did you catch that (laughs) (laughs) he's like listen i'm not talking about this anymore then like dead cut. And then he's like, and then I can't believe that she did this, you know, or whatever the <laughs> line is. And it's just it's such a funny like, this is a funny juxtaposition there. Like, you know, he re- obviously wants to talk about it. So yeah, I, it was a, it was just a really funny episode. You know, I bet you, if yeah. you went back and did it, it's got as much laughs per episode as any of the episodes.
0: You know, for, for a letdown episode, <laughs> it was super funny. Yeah. It was super funny. And it's it's, it's crazy. Like, I like I like the term dramedy. I like the term dramedy because even though it's funny, real life situations are happening to these people. It, each each one of them have their own, you know, their own uh, faults and like their own uh, problems that they're going through, and you can see that, you know, and you get so invested in like each character, like even for Sonya as well, like her having to like go back to work, you know, and and then ha- uh, uh, having that flashback of. Her, you know, and her dad
1: and... Actually, trying to take out a little loan, you know, for the shop, just to get us through until the summer business kicks in.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Kind of a lean time of year.
0: I'm sure. Everyone's got tarp on their pool.
1: Yeah. And of course, the banks are being extra cautious right now after the recession. I mean, I think they're overcorrecting, really, but they've been giving me the runaround, so...
0: Well, anything I can do to help.
1: Well, no. I mean, actually, if, if you could co-sign the loan, that would really grease the wheels. Right? I've <laughs> been in business for thirty years. Right, it's a pretty safe bet. that's so, just until the summer business starts. Okay, no problem.
0: I felt so bad for Sonia, you know, because she doesn't she doesn't want to hate her dad, right? But you can see like she's struggling with that, and she Sonia uh, um, Sonia played that part so well. I I loved her character. I yeah, love Liz. Does- um. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's kind of rock bottom for her going to work on her trying to work on her day off. What? After like she was dressed up like she was gonna go to the beach and was like, nope, I'm just gonna go to Shamrocks. <laughs> but then kind of having that, yeah, happened, that was... moment of triumph at the end with the, the jousting. Yeah, what was
2: on her mind? Like... like the
3: only thing that could take her mind off of what was making her depressed was work, I feel like. It's like, if she went to the beach, she was going to dwell on these sad feelings or whatever. Yeah.
2: But why? Why couldn't she forget life's troubles at the beach? Is that's just a dud thing? She doesn't surf?
1: Or surfing is okay. what her dad did? I thought it was more that, you know, from her motivation, it was almost like guilt. Because she originally goes back to work to get more shifts, right? She tries mm-hmm. to pick up, like, so uh, it's like, right. she can't let herself relax because of this debt. You know, so it's just like, I can't, you know, and every time I'm like, just walk to the door, just go to the beach, you know, I root for every time, but I just think it was that so she's like, I should be working right like that, like, what am I wasting a Sunday for, you know, when I could, I could be I could be chipping away (laughs) this debt. Because she doesn't go back to work to hang out, she goes. Remember, she's like, yeah, but she,
3: she, she's not. It's not her day, and he, he, he doesn't let her work. So I know. But then she hangs but like, out. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It's like she can't handle she, life outside of Shamrocks because it's like the only. I mean, place she knows that.
2: the rules. She, she kind of know. knows. Yeah. When she goes she's to Shamrock, able she's work. not going to
0: get a
3: shift. It's all that I
0: believe. I believe she, she can't because she's the responsible one. Out of Dad and her, and I just I I believe that she couldn't allow herself to have fun, you know? If she did, like, I feel like she feels like she, she she won't be that much closer to like paying off her debt. So just going to work, trying to get that extra shift and pretending like, you know, that's, that's all she wants to do. Um, I just think when she thinks back to the debt and thinks back to her dad, like she wants to get this over with, but you know, not getting a shift you know, and drinking, drinking our problems away and just doing reckless things like getting into a car crash with the, what's uh what's his, uh, um, champ, Damn. champ. And then immediately waking up as somebody, some random dude. Uh, it's not random, it's the, it's the, it's corporate. the corporate guy, but just waking up at someone else's house without even knowing you got there. You know, I think just numbing, numbing that fact of having to, paid his debt and then nowhere near close to ever paying it, you know, was, that's, that's, I felt, uh, that was deep and that, and I just felt so sad for her.
3: I was just going to throw in as a brief uh, secrets of the scrolls thing, when she's leaving corporate's apartment, we get a glimpse. She, she takes off that tinfoil crown and when she puts it down and we see for the first time, Janet's book. So we don't, we don't know who Janet is yet. We haven't been exposed to her, but see janet's book me yes you and that bobblehead of the globe guy that is going to become important in an episode or two a couple episodes later that's janet
0: olivia by the way congratulations to your baby
1: yeah new mom
0: yeah you're a mom now you're four four months old right beautiful baby uh and i i can tell she's just loving every moment of it you know from all her stories and stuff um but yeah she's fantastic Janet casting. Oh my goodness. She was, she was hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah
2: she's great. And she's one of our first uh, ever guests. I think she was no. our
1: first. Yeah. She was our first uh, actor guest at first. Anything guest.
2: Yeah. And she got into acting because of her dad. So it's in the family on yep. the family. So it was uh, wonderful to see that she had a kid that she's extending her own family. Congratulations. I, I met
0: Olivia in the most interesting way that uh, I could. I mean, I don't know if it's the most interesting way, but for me, the most interesting way I could ever meet somebody. And I was for my birthday. Uh, and uh, I've, I've never met Vic. I never met Olivia. And I never met David, who plays Champ. But Celia uh, invited them. And I don't know if Celia told you, but on my birthday, she, she bought me a cake. But she decided to take one of those scooters. <laughs> she decided to take one of those scooters, and I guess she got to a bump and she fell and like <laughs> dropped the cake kicked a little bit, but she saved it. Anyway, she, you know she I I meet them in the in the the restaurant part of the hotel, and Olivia's there, and the cake is there waiting for me, and they all sing me happy birthday, and uh, 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 Olivia. Uh, she starts singing, I think I, I, I uh, instead of blowing out the candles with like how everybody does it, blow out with, with your breath, I did this thing where I just used my hand uh, from the from the air from that to blow out the candle. And she starts singing this Black Mamba song. Uh, I guess because that moment was magical, whatever. But I still remember it as like one of the coolest songs. <laughs> I'm like, what? The, where's this song coming from? But I dig it. Heck yeah. But uh, yeah, I met Olivia that night. And we all just had, we all just had a great time,
1: you know? Sam, when you were watching this one, what, you know, because sometimes you don't know when you're filming it and even when you're watching it episode to episode, but did you see any little hidden secrets of the scrolls in this episode of like little Easter eggs you knew were going to be important later on or any of those things, sort of like what Jim mentioned around like the first glimpse of Janet on her book cover? Yes,
0: that, and, and, the, and the photo of, uh, of uh, Larry's mom. Yeah, You know, obviously I didn't get the scripts for, for the episodes I wasn't in, but um, I knew just seeing that and like seeing uh, uh, Blaze finding that, that, that notebook, I knew that photo was going to be important. Like she was going to have like this big moment and it actually, you know, it actually did actually have a big moment. And uh, I think that was one of people's favorite episode was her like, you know, coming to her own after you know, getting with these men who, who just, you know, in the lack of a better term, use her, you know, and I think that was, that was awesome. It was awesome to, to see a woman just empowering herself and telling herself that, you know, I can do this. I don't need a way for a guy to, to help me or to do it for me that she can do it herself. So, you know, coming from a family that has, I have six sisters, so, you know, I'm pretty sure they love seeing that moment.
1: You already mentioned brothers multiple t- times. So, how many total siblings do you have? I have uh, thirteen total siblings.
0: Whoa! Uh. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: the oldest. My oldest brother is his birthday today, and uh, he turns uh, he turns forty three. But the dude still looks thirty six. So <laughs> you got to give it to him. You know, called and wish him happy birthday. Yeah, my oldest brother, and then my youngest brother is.
1: 24. Wow. Well, wow, that's a You're lot. A that's pretty packed in there for 13. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where are you in the th- order? I'm number seven.
1: Right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. One little secret of the scroll that I loved, because it especially since it was a you know kind of includes a future scene with you for a minute. Sam. Uh is I love when we get the frame shots of the mini mall with the with the slide. Cause you don't really like it, it you know, if you don't really, if you don't know it's coming, whatever, but it, it's so, it's such a totem in episode two for Liz and then your fights, you know, the great, the great uh, battle of the, the parking lot there between you, you all and the family, you know, with the pool <laughs> playing prominent there. It's just so, it, it cracks me up every time in these first couple episodes of season one, where they frame the pool uh, pool slide in those shots.
0: Oh man! When you guys come back around to talking about second season, let me know because I would love to talk about that. Uh, that one take that uh, the episode we all fight in the parking lot. Man, tell us now, yeah. That tell us now. Oh yeah, man. go for it. Obviously, that, that episode was fun to shoot. Um, Jake Jake uh, again directed that episode. Uh, fantastic job uh, on directing it because he had this vision of this doing like a one take. About the whole scene you know following him from the car all the way to like uh almost in front of donuts you know and it it was so fun to see the whole process um and everybody doing their action uh liz or sonia was such a badass climbing onto the truck you know ripping off signs it was like a kid watching this this major uh, motion picture movie for you know or watching a movie for the first time That's how, you know, that's how I was viewing it the whole time. At first, I was supposed to be right behind Celia, but uh, I think, (laughs) I think uh, uh, Jim and, and Jake talked about it and they're like, would Herman actually go out and like, you know, fight or would he like just stay back and chill for a little bit and just watch the whole chaos unravel? And I think they made the change uh, because the first few takes, I was behind Celia. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I was helping them come into the – into Donuts. And they are like, nah, that's not Herman. So they changed it to me just sitting on the side, uh, leaning against – they didn't get it in the shot, or they didn't keep the shot, but I was leaning against the pole and drinking a a Gatorade or something like that, which – but uh, that whole scene from Doug getting out the car. Uh, Garson, gerson 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 and champ you know having to take off uh uh, uh boogie is it boogie yeah the kid my yeah. yeah. second names okay boogie taking boogie off just all that just was fun to see you know uh and and we did a whole you know they did a whole bunch of rehearsals before we even did the take and and i'm glad it you know it came out it came out really great because uh jake did a good job on that episode
1: That actually, you mentioned it a few times, Sam, about, you know, kind of get behind the scenes, directing, writing, production. Was there any, anything you picked up on Lodge 49 or anything that kind of inspired you or you learned or like helped motivate you to do, you know, sort of more stuff on a, on TV and movies beyond just acting. Did you pick up any tips on Lodge 49? Uh, Yes. Before I talk about
0: that, I actually, um, if we were going to have a season three, I, I, I had mentioned it to, uh, to Jim, and I mentioned it to um, oh my, Peter. There you go. Peter. Peter. Um, I mentioned it to Peter, and I said, Hey, is there any, is, you know, one of these days when I'm not shooting, can I shadow one of these directors? And they were all fine with it. They're like, Yeah, you know, just let, you know, uh, and I said it, I said it towards the end of uh, season two, like when I was rapping and stuff. I should have said it uh, uh, while we were yeah. shooting uh, season two. I did learn. I did learn a lot of things. First season, I learned a lot from uh, Rando, uh, only because <laughs> of the situation with the scooter and everything. I told you, and I got really close to Randall. You know, he made it like the uh, he made it the joke of the whole season. You know, hey, are you good this time to ride a scooter? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got really close, and like just watching him work. Being uh, directors, you know, a lot of times they're under pressure to to get their shot in, you know, uh, and sometimes you can't always do mo- a- a- as many multiple takes as you like. So I think one of the things I learned from uh, watching every director, even Maurice and like Jake and Alicia, I wasn't I wasn't on an episode Alicia directed, but uh, I was watching, you know. Uh, anyways, I, I learned one thing from all of them and that's learning to adapt uh, to situations. You know, uh, sometimes, uh, whether or just things you can't control are going to happen. So you have to learn to adapt, you know, and then learning to get the best out of your actors. You know, some actors need more direction, more direction than some. Not saying that's a bad thing is, you know, it's just uh, some, some, some actors would already be in full detail or already know their character before, before filming some some actors even some of the best will say like i don't find my character until like the end of the season you know uh so just um learning to adapt and uh finding the best or getting the best out of your actors and i think that comes with director being people people person you know um learning to talk with people just being a human being and stuff
1: we have a friend who's a director uh and we were i think we're doing a book club recently or whatever and in that book club, we usually read books about or of movies, or the books that movies are based on, whatever. And uh, he said something like, "We had a great line, uh, Alex Johnson. If you're out there, uh, he said that directors by nature have to be master manipulators, right? Mm. So you know, like, so you can you always have to kind of be a little wary of them because their their job is literally manipulating people to do what they want, what you want them to do." <laughs> I I thought that was a pretty good observation.
0: It's true. You know, directors have that power to get actors to do whatever they want to do. I mean, that's, yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: All right. I think we've come to that moment where we all have to think about who won the episode, who made an alchemical change, who was our alchemist of the week. Anyone got run right at the top of their head? Bart, lead us off.
2: I think Blaze is very literally like the alchemist of the week this week for me. Because of his, you know, he finds the notebook and he's looking it over. It's almost like, and and since we've seen it all, we know where it's kind of headed. And um, interestingly, he, I think, does have this like, you know, this is the beginning of a good time for him that we know is going to go up and then kind of come back down, right? But at this moment, he is he's making some gold, and I think you could say that part of the whole idea of alchemy is that sometimes you're like the the yang of the making gold is that you're going to have, there's going to be like some letdown as well. But yeah, something that Sam was saying earlier, I think th- this episode had a lot to do with like beginnings of people's struggles, I think, you know? So like, I think we see like the tension between Blaze and Scott begins in this one, uh, Scott and Ernie, and then even Ernie and Dud to some degree. And I think you start to, you kind of see these beginnings of these relationships where it kind of gets contentious a little bit later but at this moment blaze is um, you know he's kind of like riding the high he just he pulled the thing out of his nose right or is that come next episode that's that's, that's the next episode,
1: episode.
2: Uh, okay so yeah he's 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 been doubting himself he's been down and he's on this upturn he, they discover the body he's the only one who knows it's the wreck Re- Re-
3: or- Re-
2: of corpus it's not a mummy and uh, you know, and he's kind of discovering the beginnings of like, he's really gonna enter into alchemy right now. So it's it's fairly literal. That's why I wanted to go first and just sort of nab it because I was like, well, I did my homework and you guys didn't, so what is it? Your... <laughs> so you guys can go ahead now.
1: <laughs> All right, who's got another one? Who's got theirs? Sam, are you no, ready with I... yours?
0: No, I would have to agree with, uh, with Mark because I was going to say Blaze. Okay. blaze has so many Sorry.
3: moments
0: everything everything for blaze in this episode was like he said riding the high you know um even when he had that conversation with ernie over the phone about you know finding out who it was it was like wallace right none of that that whole moment you can tell he was having fun like yeah it's, it's you know about this guy wallace you know he was one of our protectors or uh yeah he's one of our um protector protectors. yeah he's one of our protector. And you know, it, with every little moment, every little thing that he finds out, and for Blaze, this is everything that he's been looking forward to, as far as the lodge goes. You know, this is what he's been looking for. He, I feel like, again, I will repeat what I said, uh, what I said before. Uh, at this moment, he's the only real alchemist.
3: Jim, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna say Herman. I'm gonna kiss up to our guest, Herman. Kind of by accident, but he brought together Ernie and Dud didn't realize this connection they had through Bert, which is which enabled Dud to say, like, see, we're connected. This is another thing that you know fed into his narrative of like you and I are meant to to you know be friends to have this kind of relationship just by virtue of them both knowing who Herman was, but not exactly knowing the (laughs) potential of their face getting plant like. taste he planted
2: hey. by herman brings them together
0: it's, it's so crazy because in my mind i herman and herman and Doug would be like best friends you know i can see that i can see that in that realm you know um but because he works for this guy uh burt you know and who uh I don't know how many jobs Bert got him doing. I know that uh, what's, what was initially said and shown is that he spins signs and he collects the money. You know, he's the, he's the collector for Bert, but he has, I believe he has so much more jobs that, that, have, not <laughs> that have not been told or explained yet. Like even in season two, when he, you find him in, in, in Mexico, yeah. you know, yeah. nobody, <laughs> everyone asks the question, what's Herman doing there? You know is he there to collect the scrolls you know is he what's he there for is he there to, to make sure uh uh, uh dud will come back to pay his debt to to uh to uh to Bert you know am i there to you know collect the the van so yeah yeah i, I, I
1: yeah um i so I was gonna say Wallace Smith and actually my backup was jim my backup was herman for the exact same reason <laughs> So so I'm going to go in a different direction. Let's go back
2: to Wallace Smith.
1: No, no, because I have a better one. Because as Sam, as you pointed out, I'm going to actually say Larry's mom because we think Wallace Smith was this mystic, right? But when you see the picture and then later on, you know that, so that, you know, that's actually the alchemist. Like the Wallace Smith was just a clown, right? He was a, you know, was he a uh dry cleaner right wasn't he ran a dry Mm -hmm. cleaning business yeah he was he you know he was just this schlub we learned that in season two and it was really you know larry's mom that was the kind of mystic behind it all and so you get this kind of uh bait and switch with wallace that's where the bait and switch is sort of set in this episode so i'll pivot off wallace and give the real credit to uh larry's mom Sam, I just have to thank you so much for joining us. We, we love having the cast and crew on. It, it really, doing a season rewatch, it's so much fun to get y'all's opinions, your insights into the show. So, maybe you know, kind of to get us out of here, tell us a little bit about what the show's meant to you and your career overall and then give us, you know, as much detail as you can about where people can can find you next.
0: As far as Launch Forty Nine, this show has been life-changing. Um, and I say that like, it just, it it changed my life, not only, like, career-wise, but I made friends who, like, are really close friends now, you know, Um, and, uh, like, I learned, uh, I learned a part of Long Beach that didn't know exists, you know, Um, especially the way they explained uh, in Lodge and shown and the way, you know, Jim saw it. It's, it was just great to see that side because I, I grew up on a different side you know of Long Beach and working both seasons, it just meant so much to me to like uh, make these connections with these people. Uh, and just like for me to play Herman, like just to see, seeing that whole world through Herman's eyes was in itself magic. People, you can find Lodge 49 on Hulu <laughs> uh, Both seasons. Uh, uh as far as uh, uh, to leave to leave it here with lodge, the doors are always open to those who are looking. And you're always welcome. I will forever be a lodge member and I'll and i wear this. Uh no one can see it, but you guys, yeah, I wear this with pride everywhere I go. I actually wear it. Beautiful. This. I wear I wear this to the sets that I'm working at now. As far as the shows for now, you know, look out for I had a movie just come out, an action hero movie called Lazarus. I play a character named Rico. It's on Tubi. Uh, it's uh, Fox's streaming site. Uh, if you guys, if you guys ever want to uh, spend an hour and thirty minutes on watching a dark superhero movie, it'll be on Tubi. It's free to watch. Uh, but as far as uh, the shows I mentioned earlier and the movie, once I get news or updates and uh, on the movie, I'll you know let everyone know. I'll let you guys know as well. But as far as the the show I'm working on now is uh, it's called Heels. It's on um stars or will be on stars soon. But as far as like the character name and what I'm doing on the show, other than wrestling, that's all I can say. Wow. Uh, I look forward to sharing more news with you guys. I hopefully next time we talk, I have way more things to talk about as far as like work-wise. But yeah, man, I'm just enjoying my time in Atlanta right now. I'm glad you guys reached out to to do this uh this podcast man yeah
1: well, glad to have you uh so look out look out for heels on stars uh i get i get it like a wrestling heel right that's what they call they call bad guys yes. there right. you go great uh, term all right and so we will be back at the next episode we'll be looking at episode five so check us out for that one thank you sam and thank see you guys. the next episode
0: see you guys thank you <laughs> To the bunshit, throwing the fingers, I know what's up,
2: too. Twisting in the middle with the dump Homies get the gun tuck. If a sucker wanna trip, Long Beach, Kelly, Cali, Cali West Coast, in this bitch. I show up in this motherfucker. Fly the bird hit the homie on a silly light.